If I were headlining this story for the Wall Street Journal, I would call it such a deal. In one of the largest penalties in Wall Street history, Goldman Sachs Group Incorporated, I like to call them Goldman Sachs of crap, agreed to pay $550 million to settle civil charges that had duped clients by selling mortgage securities that were secretly designed by a hedge fund firm to cash in on the housing market's collapse. The agreement with the Securities and Exchange Commission ends a showdown that had deeply shaken America's most powerful financial firm at a cost that outside observers deemed a bargain. What a bargain. Half a billion. Ah, we make it in a day. Lloyd Blankfein, chairman and chief executive officer of Goldman Sachs, Goldman, conceded it made a mistake by not disclosing the role of Paulson and Company to investors for a deal dubbed Abacus 2007 AC1. Huh, chairman and chief executive, chief devil, sorry, devil's wrong, chief demon. The firm vowed to toughen oversight of mortgage securities, certain marketing materials, and employees who create or pitch uh, such securities. Yet Goldman walked away with several victories that raised questions about the strength of the SEC's case. The company wasn't forced to sacrifice any top executives, including Chief Executive Lloyd C. Blackfine, as some executives had feared. The charges it agreed to won't weaken its profits or standing as Wall Street's mightiest firm. The record-setting penalty is equivalent to just 14 days of profit Goldman in the first quarter. These guys got away with murder. This is a steal, said Michael Driscoll, a senior managing director at firms Bear Stearns and Company before that firm collapsed in 2007. Analysts had expected Goldman to pay at least a billion as part of the deal. Oh, no, for you, 550 million. Goldman's shares surged late in the day on the expectation of the pact and continued to rally in after-hours trading. The stock is up over 9%. So the stock is up 9% in a couple of days. And guess what? You only have to pay 14 days worth of profits out of one quarter, and your chief demons get to keep their window offices. I mean, what sort of a deal is this? Remember, it was Joe Kennedy who started the SEC, and I think his ghost still reigns. No, they don't bite. And, uh, and well, <laughs> but then, as you know, chinchillas or... Are mutated chinchillas like these, the blue mutants we call them. Is that because of their peculiar uh, coloration, Brad, that makes them so rare? Uh, no, they were first crossbred or introduced, as we say, by Alistair Blue, a munitions, ex- a mutations expert, who's been into the raising of these little sweethearts. Oh, oh careful there! Is he getting? Is he getting away? Uh, that's all right. We got a lot more of them, and they do that, and that's part of the fun of raising them. And they're very clean, clean animals. I wouldn't ask about that. They're very clean. And if they do mess, as we refer to it, they'll do it in their little cages, and it doesn't make any difference. And they dig a little hole for it. Also. <laughs> Is that uh, what this one's doing here? Can we, can we get a close-up no. of that? No, no. No, this one's just trying to get away. <laughs> Uh, that, that's his mate over there. That's the one they're trying to catch. Well, look at that. They just caught it. Uh, oh, that's... Our floor manager just told me they stepped uh, on it. That, that's, a, that's a female. That's a squirrel, as we say. Those bright colors around the snout. Nose rings, we call them. They differentiate between them. And, of course, you just cover them up with this nair guard and they won't breed. They can't breathe? No, no, no. They can't breed. <laughs> There's one crawling up my leg. But, uh, seriously, Brad... Ken, we want them to breed as much as possible, and this 
guard is only used, of course, when you're away on vacation, you know, and it becomes inconvenient ah. for them to... <laughs> uh, uh, Brad, now, how did we... Let's go over to that demonstration. Oh, told sure. Me well, I'm going to show you how absolutely trouble-free these little animals are. Back here. <laughs> if you have kids like I know I have... You'll want to watch this very carefully now. Uh, we got a big close-up right there of the little... <laughs> if you just stay still here. Yep. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm going to put out this lighted cigarette on this chinchilla now. There. Now, you, see, you can see I'm just letting it burn there. It doesn't harm the coat at all. Oh, that's a, that's amazing. Yeah, it certainly is. Well, how's how's it's still smoking there? Yes. Uh -huh. Well, how's how is this uh, how is this possible, Ken? Well, Brad, <clears throat> this chinchilla is entirely synthetic. That's that's fantastic. And with these little fellas raised in your spare time in the playhouse or the garage or the slaves' quarters, you'll be making hay while the sun shines and at midnight too with mutant well, blue. Thank you, thank you, Brad. And you two little, what's his name? Doesn't have a name. They're all the same. Oh well, thank you. Just a moment. We'll tell you the numbers to call. In which Pence is not the lucky penny. The unsavory task of explaining why Americans apparently can't afford to help the unemployed but can't afford tax cuts for the rich fell to Representative Mike Pence. Republicans, he said, me included, have supported numerous extensions of unemployment benefits and were anxious to do so again, the Indiana Republican told interviewer Chris Wallace on Fox News. The deficit this year is a trillion dollars for the second year in a row. The American people have had it with runaway federal spending, deficits of debt, and they want to see men and women in Washington, D.C. make the hard choices. Wrong, Mike. Recent polls released reveal that despite anxiety about spending, registered voters actually favor helping the unemployed even if it adds to the deficit. Nevertheless, extended unemployment benefits for the long-term jobless lapsed at the beginning of June, as we all know, because Republicans in the Senate, joined by that son-of-a-blue-dog Ben Nelson, insisted that the $33 billion cost of reauthorizing the benefits not be added to the deficit, though some deficit hawks actually don't consider stiffing the jobless a smart way to reduce the deficit to begin with. Now, we're not going to, like, uh, demobilize a couple of Ohio-class Triton subs whose extraordinary deficit death-dealing power we no longer need. We're not going to, like, you know, can a couple of B1s, you know, which are of no use whatsoever. We aren't going to take seven or eight bases away in countries that hate us anyway that are of no military value. No, we're going to stiff the unemployed. Fox's Wallace said he understood the Republicans' argument that the unemployment benefits be paid for, but why not also pay for a reauthorization of the tax cuts, which will cost ready $678 billion. That's 6.78 years in Afghanistan. The reality is that as you study, this is Mike Pence trying to talk, when President Kennedy cut marginal tax rates, when Ronald Reagan cut marginal tax rates, when President Bush imposed those tax cuts, they actually generated economic growth. They expanded the economy. They expand tax revenue, Pence said. Well, that's total BS, Mike. But hey, who's listening? Extra, extra. Here's a news break for you, Pete. Yes, sir. A biography of Sarah Palin for young readers that was scheduled for a fall publication has been postponed. Extra, extra. Zondervan, a Christian publisher that is part of HarperCollins, told the AP that October is not, quote, an optimal time. 
for the book to come out. A new publication date was not announced. The book Speaking Up by Kim Washburn is part of a series of biographies for teens. Ms. Washburn told the AP she'd been informed that the book was on hold indefinitely and that she was surprised. Well, what they did is they, they did a fact check on it and there was nothing left. <laughs> there was no, no, oh, poof, just like that. The entire thing disappeared. You betcha. It seems that their best idea is no idea at all. Sometime after Labor Day, House Minority Leader John the Suntan Bomer plans to unveil a blueprint of what Republicans will do if they take back control of the chamber. Shudder, shudder. He promises it will be a full plate of policy proposals that will give voters a clear sense of how they would govern. He probably got the idea from the full plate of snacks at the bar that he hit at 6 o'clock just in time to make happy hour. But will Republicans actually want to run on those ideas or any ideas at all? Behind the scenes, men are being urged to ignore the leaders and do just the opposite, avoid issues at all costs. Some of the party's most influential political consultants are quietly counseling their clients to stay on the offensive for the November midterm elections and steer clear of taking stands on substance that might give Democrat opponents material for a counterattack. Don't say anything. Don't think anything. Just be rude and strident and stupid. No sweat. The smart political approach would be to make the election about the Democrats, said Neil Newhouse of the powerful Republican polling firm Public Opinion Strategies, which is advising more than 50 House and Senate candidates. I'm glad he is, because I think it's terrible advice. I really do. I think it's all part of the, let's destroy ourselves as quickly as we can. In terms of our individual campaigns, I don't think it does a great deal of good to engage in a debate over the Republicans' own agenda, because we don't have one. Others are skeptical that any Republican policy proposals will have much of an impact. They really still have to have a sharp contrast with the Democrats, said John McLaughlin, another leading Republican pollster, whose firm uh, counts both the House and Senate campaign committees among its clients, those amongst the Republicans who can still count. They really need to drive that home before people will be willing to listen to what Republicans stand for. One who does uh, beg to differ is the architect of the latest GOP takeover of the House, and that's what he did, and he did it successfully. He is a brilliant marketeer. Consultants, in my opinion, are stupid, former Speaker Newt Gingrich said in an interview. The least idea-oriented, most mindless campaign of simplistic slogans is a mindless idea. You go, Newt. Toot, toot, toot. Ah, the sands of time, grain at a time, but we're coming near the end of the show. The hourglass is almost empty to be filled again tomorrow. Oh, now down at the bottom of the hourglass. It's much more comfortable here. I have to move out of the way of the falling... uh Falling uh, sand. sand but uh, before we bury ourselves in the sands of time and memory, give us a little tang. Okay? All right. Well, I had to. I had to move uh, a little ahead with Lee Poe into August because I liked this so much. Coming up. Coming okay, up. Okay, it's coming. Sixth moon, August. Cutting raw silk. Splitting flecked bamboo. We wear frosted robes and lie on mats as cool as jade. A flaming mirror 
opens in the east. A glowing cartwheel climbs across the sky. The Scarlet Emperor comes, riding his roaring dragon. Wow, man. I mean, nowadays it's just, you know, you go up on the web and it says, It's sunrise at 607. <laughs> These guys really welcomed the day. They lived a fuller life, I think. I have a feeling they not only wrote these every day, but they painted a little picture, too, and, yeah. and then went walking around and got drunk. And drank a lot. Came back did. and did it again. They did. Well, don't you do it. Not if you're driving, anyway. Oh, ho, ho, Radio Free Oz. Who makes it possible? Well, it's the Oz team. Peter Bergman, your host, say moi. David Osman, your co-host, say toi. Go yep. ahead. He's going to say toi. No, I won't. No, you won't. Okay, John Cummings is ones and zeros. Phil Fountain's the Oz design group. Honcho. Tom Gidwilla, make sure the web is up there and running. Chaz Glass does the numbers. Dave Maloney does all the recording, and he does it so well. Bill McIntyre is our Uber producer, and Scott Wilde says, social media, that's where it be. And we be where you be tomorrow on Radio Free Ops.